We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Rooney podcast. This episode two five two of the pod, alongside Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso. Some housekeeping in order here as the playoffs roll on, both in the NBA and the NHL. Matt, I don't know if you heard, but schedules are out in the NFL as well. It has become like another draft. Um, the, the league and the teams and the marketing departments love to make a spectacle of it. But at the end of the day, we have the schedule and that's all that matters. We will run through. We will win loss it. Uh, we will touch on some other things as well. But first and foremost, Matt Rooney, how the hell are you? I always laugh at this. I don't know when the schedule reveal, I feel like it's, it's only been like the last five years where it's actually become like this big annual event that everybody like really cares about. But like the, okay, it's just people just love football and want every reason to get excited about football and talk about it. And don't get me wrong. I'm one of those people, but like, it's just such a pointless task at this. Like, it's nice knowing where they're going to be and all this stuff, but like, it's, it's a schedule. Like we, we knew who they were going to play. Now we just know when. Just put the just put the schedule on just put the schedule on Instagram. Just put the schedule yeah. on Twitter. Just put it on the website. Give me a graphic. I I completely agree with you. And you know what? The only thing I, I bristled at, or the only thing that I uh, sort of pushed back on there was, you know, you said that people enjoy it or make a big deal. I don't know that people actually do. Like the league enjoys dominating another day. I don't know that any fan is actually that Fair enough. juiced up to see some like. What, what was the what was the art called on like Windows ninety eight? Uh, um, clip art, this is like some some clip art intro because the team's trying to be cheeky, or we're gonna draw on footballs, or we're gonna produce a big video because we're the Rams. Like, I, miss me with it. it first and foremost, okay. Here, fair it. fair enough. This is, I guess, where I come where I come from here. Where I guess the part that not not really annoys me, but like I'm I work from home and I'm big on having you know. ESPN or Fox sports or whatever, just on the TV and the, like just for background noise, CBS sports here and there. Um, but like this morning I have, I have it on low, like low volume and doing some work. And in the background, like I'm trying to, not that the Fox sports is going to talk about the NHL playoffs. I've expected that, but like tune in for some NBA or whatever here and there. And like, they're they're going through the Buccaneers and Patriots schedules. Like, Oh, the Patriots are going to go. No, they're really going to win that week. 10 matchup. Who cares? We don't know that. We don't know. Tom Brady might not be playing in week 10. He might have a broken leg. Who who knows? Yeah. Um, But Matt, I hate to break it to you. It's exactly what we're about to do for the Chicago. I know. We're going to let's dive into it. Uh, We are going to, you know, we're we're going to, we're on some, uh, we're on a hard out here. Matt's a, Matt's a man in high demand today. And uh, we appreciate him making the time work, but uh, yeah, we're just going to win loss it with the bears before we do get onto those topics that, um, that you, the viewers or listeners also are, uh, dialed in on that being the NHL and NBA playoffs. But week one in Chicago, San Francisco 49ers, is that a W or an L, Matt? Man, like, I know we just going got in the lost saying, like, for- we don't know who's going like, we don't know who's gonna be on the team. It seems like Debo's gonna be on the team. It's very likely a loss. I'm more intrigued at who's starting at quarterback for San Francisco. And if it's Trey Lance, I'm in- going to be incredibly entertained by the overreaction to whichever quarterback wins that game. And oh my God, he's so much better than the other one. That's going to be it. I yeah. hope it's Trey Lance just so we get that matchup, but I still think it, the Niners would be crazy for it to not be Jimmy G. Yeah. I think that, I think that Trey Lance, it, it, they have every intention of starting Trey Lance, but Jimmy G just might not allow that because they 
waited out too long. They couldn't move him. There's no market for him. So now they're going to owe him, what was it, 27 this year or something yeah. like that? Hard to have 27 sitting on the bench, but that's also not how you make your quarterback decision. Mm-hmm. That's a that's sort of a, hey, John, you made a roster building error. Now Kyle's got to make a, a, a a starter error because of your roster building error. Like, no, like mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan makes the decisions based off the 53 man that he and John Lynch come to an agreement on. John Lynch couldn't move this quarterback. Now we still have this quarterback. If he's the better quarterback, I'm playing that quarterback is yeah. sort of the way I look at it. I'm not sure how to look at it in San Francisco. More concerning for me is Temin Jenkins meet uh, Nick Bosa. That's sort of, I think, the matchup in that game that's going to tell the story of this one, and that's why I do have it as an L uh, for the Bears to start the things start things off. You know what I'm excited about seeing that one? To see how oh. our new offensive coordinator game plans, schemes, and protects his young tackles against Joey Bosa. Or Nick, yeah, it's Nick, because Joey, I always forget which one's which. I know Joey's the older one, but like they're the oh. same guy to me. Like I just forget which one's which. Nick's, they're both Nick's really a little good. Bit more, Nick's a little bit more compact. And also, fair, I think. Fair enough. But uh, I'm excited to see how what our previous head coach did nothing to protect Tevin Jenkins late in midseason and kind of help him out, help his tackles out. I'm yeah. excited to see how they scheme to try and get around that. Not saying it's going to work, not saying it's going to be totally successful because it's hard to shut out those guys completely. But I'm excited to see how they scheme that because that's a big first test, not only for the offensive line, but for the offensive line coaching staff and the offensive coordinator. Uh, tons of familiarity early in the schedule for Getze uh, as he plays the Niners, which is sort of a matchup that he's been embroiled in for the last yeah. however many years uh, with Niners Packers. And then week two, should we, should we, should we say it on three? One, say it again? two, three, loss. Oh, okay. Loss. Sorry. It's a loss. Week loss. two is a loss. Uh, yeah. Um, we are I going to Green Bay. Justin Fields plays well. We are going to Green Bay. We are coming back 0-2. Let's just yep. move on beyond that one. We get the first win of the season, in my eyes, week three at home against the Houston Texans, although that one is on CBS. But it's a 12 uh, Eastern, or excuse me, 12 Central slot there yeah. on CBS, not the three slot, not the four slot. So so I think it could be a W there against Houston. Houston's a very bad team. If we're 0-3, uh, coming off a loss against the Houston Texans, um, might might be a cancel the season situation. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm pushing us to one and two. That's where I get worried about if Justin Fields loses that game, that's where, unless it's like a, you know, 35, 31 shootout that the defense just stops nobody. I, if he doesn't, I know Davis Mills had a nice end of the season last year, but if he doesn't go out and beat the Texans, that's, that's a problem. But I guess we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Giants. I I actually think they're, they're going to go in New York and get the win as well. I don't, I agree. I I don't trust Daniel Jones. I don't think that team got much better. No, I think that they're in a, they're still at a crossroads. I think they got better, but I don't think they got better in critical places. Um, yeah, fair enough. I think that uh, I think they had a good draft, but I don't think the team re- is all that much. Really better. good first two picks with Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal, but um, I, I just don't know beyond that if they made that big of a difference. They sort of with Wandale Robinson got a Kadarius Tony two point I know we talked about this last week, but um, yeah, and it's a. Uh, you know, the sort of the elephant in the room is Saquon Barkley and his uh, his pending contract that's coming up at the end of the year. So does he have a career year? Does he look like Saquon? Does he convince someone to pay him? Sort of the murmurs around New York is, hey, regardless of if he looks like Herschel Walker this year, it's done. This is it. We're, we're not going to be the team that pays for him. So do not I pay him. Just, I think there's just a, it's a sense of limbo still in New York. And that's why I think we come out of there two and two. Week five at Minnesota. Tough place to play. I, you know, I always think we're going to go 2-0 against Minnesota, but I think this year 
it's going to be a home and home split. So I'll take a loss here on the road at Minnesota. I'm in the, I think I probably lean towards loss as well, but the, like, I, I'm excited to see Luke Getze kind of go up against a familiar opponent there. This is the really first true of the five that I think, I mean, everyone's a toss up because it's the NFL, but this is like the true first like coin flip where I'm not, you know, 60, 40 bears or 90, mm-hmm. 10 Packers. Like I'm truly 50, 50 on this one. I yeah. just feel like those Minnesota games, they're always closely contested. They're always, you know, competitive. I don't know. I'll probably go loss, but like a tight, close loss. Okay. Uh, so we're in full agreement right now as we get to week six. I see week six similar to week five. Um, it is at home against the Washington Commanders, but a coin flip of sorts. I think the Commanders have a really good defense. For me, this one just has like 16 to nine Bears win written all over it. Like we all walk away from it drunk and feeling gross. Um, it is prime time, 7-15, Thursday night football. Quick turnaround from week five. Um, which sort of worries me there um, because I doubt the commanders have that. Uh, yeah, I guess they, they will have the quick turnaround because they won't go Thursday, Thursday, and mm-hmm. there's no Saturday. Yet. So we'll both be coming out of it beat up, which which further uh, emboldens my feeling that there will be like 22. Just give me the under, I guess is what I'm saying here. We'll all walk away winners, but I am going to put this one in the win column for the Bears. I'm going to give the Bears the win here too. I, I, I think this is a really nice, like kind of like you said with Minnesota, like a, an even-ish matchup, like a, like a solid team coming in. And I, I, it's Justin Fields at home, kind of his first test, at, first primetime game at home since that debacle against Minnesota earlier, late last year. I'm ex- I think I, I think that's a – I'm hoping that's a little bit of a coming out party for Justin Fields. It's going hard to be hard to look too good on a Thursday night in a short week, but that's a, a night that I'm looking for Justin Fields to show us like a, a big-time flash. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down because I think that that's like a, a flash, and then the real coming out party is – lighten up the Patriots on the road. Oh, week seven. You have, so we're going to have, we're going to have 10 days from Thursday night football to Monday night football, 10, 11 days to either stew over a loss or to mm-hmm. talk about how Justin Fields belongs in the hall of fame. It's going to be one or the other. Hopefully it's the latter, but I do think that we go into New England and we win. I'm putting that one as a primetime win Monday night football. I don't, I'm not going to say that the Patriots are the giants. They're obviously at, completely different junctures of their franchise with completely different leadership, completely different quarterbacks, completely different supporting cast. I just don't think the Patriots are very good. I don't think, I think the Patriots are going to be a 500 football team. I I don't think this whole, Oh, Mac Jones, another year. And you know, Bill's back and he's got his guys back. That's what we told each other. That's what we told ourselves Mm -hmm. last year. And then we tried to talk ourselves into it when they strung a couple games together. And then they look like what they look like. They're going to have to play a tough divisional schedule. Um, week seven, middle of the season. I think we go into New England and we win, and this is sort of a look in the mirror moment for the Patriots more than anything. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually – I want to lean Bears win there too. I think this is going to be a close competitive game. I think it probably comes down to a last drive either way. I just – I keep going back to if Josh McDaniels really loved the direction of the Patriots and where they were headed, I don't think he would have taken the head coaching job. I think he would have waited for New England to pop up. I don't think he likes where they're at. I don't think he yeah. loves his quarterback. I think he's a better situation in Las Vegas, and that's why he got out. And now you're looking at like Joe, Bill Belichick is between Joe Judge or Matt Patricia to be the offensive coordinator. Like, I love Bill Belichick. I just – I think he's getting a little bit too creative or too – how do you, I don't know the word for it, but like I think he's kind of buying into his own quirkiness a little bit too much. I still think he's the greatest coach of all time. He's going to go down history, all that. I just I don't I, I don't love the direction of the Patriots. He's so smoking I, his own product, Matt. 
there you go. I, I think these is a back-to-back two-game stretch for Justin Fields to, to really show off and silence some people. I'm going to, I'm going to take the bears on a Justin Fields, you know, last minute or not like two minute, three minute game winning drive. So week six, week seven, we got it lined up as Justin Fields is the guy. Mm-hmm. And then week eight, I think he goes into Dallas and lays an egg. I think that Dallas offense is amazing. I am a believer in Dallas year after year and it bites me in the ass, but we saw what that offense was capable of last year. They just sort of peaked way too early. And um, I, I just don't think we can score with the Dallas Cowboys uh, in Arlington. Give me a loss in week eight to bring us to an even four and four. Yeah, I'm taking the loss there as well, but I'm not, I, I don't, I don't think Justin Fields lays an egg. I think the Bears as a team probably lay an egg there because, like you said, I like the direction the defense is kind of headed, but I don't think they're that good yet. And I just think that's going to be a Dallas scores a whole lot of points and Justin Fields and the offense can't keep up and the bears lose something like 38 to like 21, 38, 24. And it's not really all that close. Uh, I think we turn around and then first week in November, welcome the Miami dolphins into Chicago. Um, this is a loss for me. Uh, this Same. looks like a loss. Not only does this look like a loss for me, I think this is a loss to Teddy Bridgewater's Miami Dolphins. I think either wow. injury or otherwise, Tua will not be the quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater will be the starting quarterback by week nine and will beat the Bears at uh, Soldier Field. If you gave me this game like three or four weeks earlier, I'd probably be taking the Bears. But the, the Dolphins, this group at least, has been a They're second really half of the season team. They got a very good roster. I just this feels like one that Bears fans are going to think that we should have coming back home, and they're going to say it's a oh, soft Florida team coming into playing bear wetter. But you know, I, no I I know, and I love how you um, said wetter. That's why. That's why I said it like that, bear wetter. <laughs> um, but no, I think I think this is a Dolphins game, and that's I I don't think the Bears have really an answer for Tyree Kill as much as I love Jalen Johnson. Not many people have answers for Tyree Kill, so I'm going to well, take that's the Dolphins. What I was gonna say. This is the this is the Ryan Poles, how smart are you litmus test because the secondary will be challenged uh, mm-hmm. in week nine. Week 10, it's the Lions. It's got to be a win. Uh, that dub. is Sunday noon game dub on Fox. Just copy and paste, beat the Lions. Lions are going to be better. I think they're going to be better. I think there's a lot of belief in, in, Cam- in Dan Campbell. Uh, I think that they kind of rally around Jared Goff, e- even though he might be um, deficient in certain places of his game. But mm-hmm. – they're not going to be rollover winners, but you got to beat the Lions twice. You got to beat them yeah. here, you got them there. But it's going in the win column for me. We're five and five come week ten. I'm giving the Bears too many wins. <laughs> I mean, oh, we, de- we definitely are. We definitely are. I think. But yeah, we're, I, I'm, I think not, we're, I'm never going to. I'm never it's week eleven. I think their win total six and a half or seven. Like I, I think we're almost there. You know? I'm. I'm never preseason going to say the Lions are going to beat the Bears. So I. Uh-huh. Call me in week 10 after, you know, we see how these two teams start, but I, you have to go with the bears. They're I think we get, I think week 11, we get a sleepy inexplicable loss to one of the worst teams in the NFL. I think we go to Atlanta and we lose. It just, okay. See, I am, I have that loss coming after this week. I think we beat Atlanta okay. because I just don't trust the quarterback situation at all. There, Justin Fields is going home and maybe that's a distraction, but I feel like when you're on the road and you go back home, players tend to kind of rise up. Whereas if you go home and like, live it like you go to play for your hometown team. I think that's where you see some distractions come in. I think Justin Fields goes home, has a good game. I think they win that game. It's the Jets game that I think the the Jets have had a nice draft. They have some nice young pieces and they're coming along. And I just, I I think that's a game where Zach Wilson completes, you know, some 
prayer bombs that get behind the defense. And that's one that leaves us scratching our heads and saying we lost to the goddamn Jets. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to go loss, loss here. Atlanta, New York. It's going to be the it's going to be the dark days of the season there. Um, yeah, back to back losses. Atlanta to New York. So basically, um, week eleven and twelve is where we have us like thinking yeah, maybe we can make a playoff that's, run. That's and the call no. your that's the call your therapist stretch of the yeah. season. Um, and also sneaky good here. Uh, two trips to MetLife. I don't know if Matt Rooney wants to jump on a plane and watch Ooh, some football out here in the great maybe. state of New Jersey. I doubt that, <clears throat> excuse me, with, with what my role is going to be um, this fall, that I'll be able to go to those games. But uh, oh. just, just, just something to note, just something to we'll note. Talk. Something to we'll talk. But we, we, can, we can talk. Maybe, maybe we'll do a little, maybe we can push for a little on-site coverage. Uh, that October 2nd, October 2nd, still golfing weather, too. Just that throwing is, that out there. That's very good. Just throwing that out there. Um, uh, I week do have 13, loss, you want to say loss. it? Also, uh, I just want to go back to week 11. Just okay. one note that we can't gloss over. Cordell Patterson revenge game. That's yeah. why I have. Oh, he's going to go. He's going to go off. I'm not sure the Falcons are going to win, but that whole, like that's going to be the perfect Bears meatball on Twitter. I told you we shouldn't have got rid of that Cordell guy. Uh, that's it. That he's going to go off. That Cordell Stewart. I told you he could yeah. run the ball. Um, uh, lost week, week 13. 13. Yeah, week 13. We lose to the Packers yep. um, at home. It's going to be. That's the. That's like the. You're gonna. You're gonna kill me. Stretch of the season. Loss of the Falcons. Loss of the Jets. Loss of the Packers. Get me to that freaking bye week. Week fourteen. That's essentially where we're gonna be yeah. at. We come out of the bye week fifteen against Philly. Tough team, but hey, we gotta. We gotta really look ourselves in the mirror here, guys, and win a ball game. So I think we win a ball game there. I don't. I, I think they play a little bit better, but I think at this point the Bears are not going to be playing for a playoff spot, and I think Philadelphia is. And I also just. The Bears never play the Eagles well. It seems like I just, I just yeah. it, it always feels like they play. And this is—I have no reason to say that with this team because it's an entirely new group, and entirely new coaching staff. But I just—I I, I think they lose this one at home, and then obviously they're going to lose on Christmas Eve to to the Bills uh, as well. Eagles. I don't know if their win totals moved at all since the draft, but I've talked about it here on the pod before. I believe win totals nine and a half. No, okay. nine. Excuse me, nine. It's nine. They got to get ten to beat us. We can push on the nine. Mm-hmm. I think that's way too many for the Eagles. I, I just, do. I don't believe in this team. I, I need to see more out of Jalen Hurts before I buy in fully. I think the Bears beat him in week 15, simply out of necessity at that point, because you are then playing Buffalo week 16. That is undoubtedly a loss. Um, so I now have the Bears sitting yeah. at seven and eight. We have them at the same record, except I had them beating Atlanta. You had them beating Philly. Gotcha. Um, okay. Week 17, Detroit, got to be a win. Put that in the win column. Uh, eight and eight. And then week 18, Vikings at Soldier Field. I mean, right now I'm looking at eight and eight. They're going to be playing for something there if they're eight and yeah. eight. I don't know that they'll be eight and eight, but I don't see. Okay, I'm going to. This isn't based on the game. This is based on what I've done here on my sheet. I'm, we're sitting at eight and eight. I don't see the Bears being a this roster being a team that's above 500. So this is a mm-hmm. loss. Um, so I'm putting them at uh, eight and nine on the season. You know, I'm going to give them a win in this one because I think for this coaching staff, for this quarterback, this group, like I, I don't think are they actually going to be eight and eight heading into this game? Probably not. We're we're going to miss some here, here and there. They're going to lose some games they shouldn't. Maybe they'll win a game they shouldn't. Who knows? But I, I think this is going to be a big like statement culture type win for the team going forward for the group going forward for the coaching staff for the quarterback and kind of build some momentum going into next year because Minnesota will very likely be playing for a playoff spot they might not be in the playoffs but that team is always hovering around the last spot or two so I think this is going to be a big 
opportunity for a tone setting type game going forward for this, this core, this quarterback, this coaching staff. And I guess we don't know what they're made of yet, but I just, I would like to think that they come out and win this one at home and, and Justin Fields gives us something really good to be feeling about going in next year. So I guess right, I technically so you have, have them at nine and eight, but like, them at nine it's and eight. probably more like six and 11. If we're yeah, being honest, uh, that's what I was going to say too. Like, well, that was an optimistic approach. Yes. Um, which which it which it should be, and I'm not saying we're holding that team that number. I'm going to be disappointed otherwise because I do expect this team to win right around six games. Um, yeah. That is your schedule recap when it comes to the Chicago Bears, uh, and we are done with it. We put it behind us. We don't overanalyze it. We went through the games. We gave you a little something. Matt, let's talk NBA playoffs. Let's do nice. it this way. You pose your NBA questions to me. I'll pose my NHL questions to you. And we'll I love like that, that because I have, don't get me wrong. I've been paying attention to the NBA playoffs, but my God, the Stanley cup playoffs have been fantastic. And the, the NBA, NBA playoffs have been too. I, the Stanley cup playoffs have been I've great. Said, I've said it on the pod. Haven't watched a ton of NHL action throughout the regular season. This postseason has completely captivated me. It's, you know, like, it's I'm, been fantastic, and it's weird because yeah. the games haven't been like there haven't been that many like really close overtime games. Like there have been a decent amount of blowouts in the playoffs, but like they've just been they've been captivating. All the teams are fun. Like there's a lot what of we really have. We good had the, teams in hockey. We had the triple overtime game to start the Boston Rangers series, Rangers Penguins, and yeah. then we had the quick overtime game between the Oilers and the Kings, which the Kings scored like a minute in overtime the other night. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like you said, there's been some series that have been very lopsided games decided by four or five goals. Um, that uh, Panthers cap series, uh, but, but let, we'll get to NHL in a moment. Yeah. Get, hit me with some NBA. I, I, I'm going to start with tonight's, two games um why won't they both why why will both of those series not be closed out tonight because i feel like boston had their shot in game five missed it and golden state just kind of didn't play in game five yeah um why won't they put why won't they so what spot because i I do think you think they both um, be closed out no, I don't think they both get closed out. I think Golden State closes out because okay. I, I don't put a ton of stock into the fact that uh, that they lost by what was it, thirty five points the other yeah, night. Yeah, I just I think they stopped playing after a little bit they once they realized that in. one was out of hand. Steve Kerr wasn't there. I'm not 100% clear on his availability tonight. I believe he's still in health and safety protocols, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm-hmm. But the simple fact that certain teams might have trouble putting that 40 point loss behind them. You know, that might fester with them. I think by the time those guys got on the plane to head back to the Bay, that was behind them. You're talking about a trio of players in clay, Dre and Steph, whose numbers will be in the rafters next to those banners that they've already earned. They know what it takes at this point in the season. They're not going to be scared off by a big loss. I think they are, they're resolute in the fact that they are the better team in this matchup. Memphis is gritty. Um, without jaw, they do things even certain things even better. I'm not the I'm not the guy who's going to suggest that you know this team's better without John Morant. No, that's that that you'll never hear those words come out of my mouth. But the ball does move better when Jaw's not out there. So offensively, maybe they get a little bit more dangerous. Mm-hmm. They get a little bit more versatile. This is a Golden State team that's seen it all, done it all, been through it all. I think they close it out here because just as they recognized the moment in game five and said, Hey, this, this isn't it. They're going to recognize the moment here in game six and say, we don't want to get on a plane back to Memphis and have to deal with that crowd mm-hmm. in the game seven scenario where yeah, job bone bruise doubtful for the rest of the postseason. but game seven scenario, 
You're telling me we're not getting the big needle out and Jaw's going to be on the court. Like they don't want to have to entertain any of that. So yeah. I think it ends tonight in Golden State um, for the Bucks and the Celtics. <sighs> um, this has been a fun series. It's going to be. It's going to be. It's a. It's been the series, and I think yeah. it might be the series when we look back on these playoffs. These games have been decided by a couple points each way um, every game, and I think that um, you know there was the one blowout, but I think that the Bucks. They're, they're sitting as a point and a half favorite right now. It's going to be an absolute nutty setting um, mm-hmm. in Milwaukee. But the fact that it's only a point and a half is essentially Vegas saying this is a pick em, and we're giving a bucket to Milwaukee because of that setting. Mm-hmm. That leads me to the Celtics. Um, whatever Vegas knows, they know. Um, I think that the Celtics have really, over the last two, three months, been the best team in basketball, and I don't think – I don't think they're going down quietly. So if they do lose tonight, it's going to be because Giannis goes for 50 and 20 and Drew Holiday plays great defense again. But I think that the Celtics do push this to seven. I I lean towards Milwaukee, but also like you're saying, you obviously watch more basketball than I have so far these playoffs. But like in, I think we both expect this to come down to the last minute of the fourth quarter. I don't think this mm-hmm. is this is going to be a close game down to the wire, just like it has been all series. And this is probably one of the games that I'll actually tune into and, and turn off the NHL here and there for. Uh, there is no basketball on Saturday. You then Sad. get Sunday game seven between the Mavs and the Suns, which is going to be great. Um, the Suns. I feel like the so Suns are going to win that one, but like they are Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, man. They some nights they look like the best team in basketball, and other nights they look like they don't belong. Um, Chris Paul has been right in line with that sort of performance. Like sometimes he's giving these um, just these aficionado type performances, these like career defining performances where he goes 14 of 14 in a closeout game, a game six last series. Then he comes and puts 20 up. 22 up and then he's been scoring six points a game and like not even facilitating that well these last couple of games so I'm just so confused by who the Phoenix Suns are and aren't right now that I really think anything can happen in that game yeah I I, I didn't watch last night I was in the NBA I was focused a little bit more on the first one then obviously there was the, some overtime hockey so I was, I was flipping on that most of the night but I saw the score and I was just like I had to do a double take like I'm not shocked Dallas won but like this also, wasn't, this, this also wasn't this. Also, wasn't a Memphis beating Golden State down three to one. This was a three to two series where, like, you don't want to you don't want to go to Game Seven ever if you don't have to. And Phoenix just wasn't there. It, it's they're a wild team, and I just, they they're so good when they're good. But man, they're off nights. They're just they're bad. They're really they're really bad. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's been an odd postseason in that sense where like. There's been more games that I can remember here in the second round where teams just essentially say, all right, it's yours. Like, like Philly packed it in these last two games and it's cost them their season and a lot's going to change in Philadelphia. And I think that, um, I mean, you heard Joel Embiid literally say the words, James Harden's not that guy anymore. Like they yeah. asked, he said, you know, he's not the Houston version of himself anymore. He's more of a facilitator. You think that's going to go over well with James Harden? Like that's, mm-hmm. there's, Doc's not going to be there. Harden, it's hard to see those guys getting along for a full 82-game season. Like, a lot of upheaval is coming. But I I dovetail that off to the point where, like, there's just been certain games. Like, last week, over a two-day span, we had a a 40-point game, a 30-point game, and a 35-point game in in a 24-hour span. Like, Mm -hmm. it just – 
some moments it is so pure distilled playoff basketball down to the last drop and others it's like yeah go ahead this one's yours so uh, it's hard to forecast what you're going to get out of these teams here in game seven obviously you think you would think that you're going to get their best but I make no assumption at this point I guess it's been a it's been a fun playoffs. I, I think we do see the good version of Phoenix. I, I think they're too good to not show up. And Dallas also hasn't been that great on the road either in this series. So I, I think we get Phoenix. It's just that they give me a little bit of pause going forward into a Western Conference final potentially with Golden State. I, I'm starting to lean more towards I favor Golden State in that series. All right, let's uh, put this party on ice mats. Beginning with the action, okay. Game Six, Rangers and Penguins. Uh, Rangers still trailing two games to three. But they staved off elimination behind a, a really, really explosive were, second period. Were you working that night? Did you watch? Were you watching with your Rangers? Fans? I was. I actually take full advantage, or excuse me, I take full credit for the Rangers winning. Love they that. were down to nothing. They were down to nothing. Half of our newsroom is Rangers fans, so I'm down in the studio. I come upstairs to the newsroom just to like look at like the faces because it was yeah. two nothing. You're down three one in the series. Season's over. And I come up behind one of our graphics guys, Graham O'Dwyer, shout out. I don't know if he listens to the pod, but he should. Um, Friend of the pod. And I give, him a rub, I give him a rub on the shoulders, just like a hey. I didn't even say anything. Just give him a rub on the shoulders. Right as I'm rubbing him on the shoulders, first goal goes. I go, oh, let's go. Rally rubs. Things not over. I'm high-fiving everyone. By the time I get to the other side of the room to give uh, Matt McNamara, uh, one of our PAs, a rub on the shoulders, they score again. I was, ah, oh, they're like, Moose, you got to stay up here. Keep rubbing people's backs. They score the third one. And then the third goal comes back and it's tied 3-3. So I was like, all right, I got to get out of here. I've done my work. And then they end up winning it in the third period. But um, I do take credit for that win. And my name will be on the cup in the case that Love the Rangers that. do. Um, yeah. I, they were dead in the water until dead. Sidney Crosby takes Lifeless. that hit and Sidney Crosby goes out for the game. That changed everything. Like I, I yeah. it, it changed, it changed the momentum. The Rangers got a little bit of confidence. The Penguins got a little bit more passive. The Rangers got one to go in. Shesterkin then all of a sudden flips, flips from the guy who can't stop anything in, in Pittsburgh to the Vezina winner that we're going to see. Like something happens, some sort of. I don't know what's going to happen tonight because I don't know if Sidney Crosby's going to play. And that's you yeah. know the, the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's they, they don't tell you until warmups and you see him on the ice. But like the Rangers were dead, and that gave them like that gave a young talented team, like really talented team that hadn't been there before the spark that they might need to force this thing to seven. I'm, I'm not picking that game because I don't know what, what's going to happen with Crosby. And I, I, I don't want to forecast whether or not he's going to play or whatever, but that's all, that's a must watch game for me tonight. That, that one is the, of the three going tonight. That's the one I'm most intrigued by because uh, it's just been a fun series and the Rangers are, it became a different team once that hit happened. You know, follow the money is usually a, a good uh, a good approach to forecast what you're going to get. And Penguins are even money right now at plus 100. That tells me Crosby's not playing. You know, that tells me that tells me that Vegas has some information that it's not likely. You would expect the Penguins. I think they're to planning for him money. not to play. You, His history with concussions. Be, yeah. yeah, minus money favorites. Um, you'd expect the Penguins not, at so. home to be yeah be like minus yeah. 130 on the money line. Um, I, it's, I, I don't expect them to play, but it's Sidney Crosby and, you know, we're, we're going to, we'll, we'll find out, you know, when warmups yeah. happen, 15 minutes before puck drop, uh, capitals Panthers has been a caps fun had their shot. has been a fun season as well. Yeah. Caps did have their, caps shot. Had their um, shot. You can't blow a three, nothing lead. Because coming into the series, it was like, Oh, this is gonna be all Panthers. This is this offensive 
Um, it's just this offensive juggernaut that nobody can stop. And they won what? Or they didn't lose. They collected points in their last 24 games or something like that of the regular mm-hmm. season. And then the Cavs clip them in game one. You're like, oh, okay. Maybe maybe this whole OV thing, this whole you know experience thing means something. Um, but as the games have worn on, it's sort of – I think Ovi is well short of a hundred percent and he sort of rushed back for this and mm-hmm. obviously he's gonna, but um, yeah, no, I think, I think this one might end in, in Washington tonight. I think so. I mean, hats off to the Capitals for making this kind of more of a, not, not that people didn't expect this to go to six, but like they've played really good and they've had their chances. Like they, they've given the Panthers just about all they can handle. The Panthers just kind of had that switch to flip and they've done it. Um, they are the best team in hockey. I do think they close it out. They're, them and the Avalanche, the best team in hockey, I should say. Uh, I do think they close it out. But n- not by nothing against the Capitals. I just think they had their shot, and you can't blow a three nothing lead. You know, yeah. midway through the second period, lose five to three. You just can't do it. Uh, Flame Stars is one of two series this round that you couldn't pay me to watch. I, I was going to guess you didn't it, watch like, it. Like, oh, really? I was going to suggest you didn't no, watch I've been, I've been watching them. I've had them on because in the green room we have everything on, but like, yeah. it's just, there's no, there's no sex appeal there for me. There's no, there's no selling no. point in that series. No, Nor I is mean, there one other than Connor McDavid and Leon yeah. Dreisaitl. Like there's not much of a selling point Oilers Kings for me either. Um, those are the two series that I've just been kind of mad on. Yeah, th- those have been fine. And quite, I don't think any, whoever wins the Kings Oilers series, I don't think goes on much further. The selling point, if you want, if you're into the, you know, I feel like there's one every year in the playoffs, the, the hot goalie who is just standing on his head all series. That's been Jake Ottinger for yeah. Dallas. He was fantastic in game uh, game five, even though Calgary kind of stormed back in the third period. He had 51 saves on 54 shots in a game four loss. So that, that's kind of the maybe selling point, but not, it's been a defensive series. Uh, Calgary is coached by Daryl Sutter, who coached those Kings teams to you know, when they were winning yeah. Stanley Cups and they kind of play the, they're more of a playoff style hockey come playoff time. So they're not the high flying team they were in the regular season. I think Calgary closes them out tonight. Uh, I, it's not the most entertaining of series. Unlike, you know, some of the other ones we've seen so far. I mean, speaking of entertaining, your life is on the line. Come Saturday, three game sevens, oh, ruins, yeah. hurricanes, lightning Leafs, Kings, Oilers. We've already uh, sort of scrubbed Kings, Oilers there. Just give me a quick one. Mm-hmm. Who moves on? I'd like to see the Oilers move on just like, it's sort of a Mike Trout situation. Like let's get Connor McDavid some, some meaningful reps here um, is sort of the way I'm looking at it. So I'm pulling for the Oilers in that one. I'm, I'm pulling for the Oilers, but that one just seems to me like everything is going in the Oilers favor. And that's the one where their refusal to address <laughs> goaltending bites them in the ass. And they lose like yeah. the Kings kind of come out and beat them five to four or something like that yeah. in a, in a high scoring game that shouldn't be high scoring. Uh, but that's going to be a fun uh, take- one. I take, the hot hand and I take the hot hand here in Bruins Hurricanes. Uh, Bruins having stormed back from down 3-1 uh, to now tied at three. It's going to be tough if it's on the road, but like it, it's Marshawn, Brad Marchand starting to look like Brad Marchand again, and I think that everybody works off of him in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the, Bruins Bruins have, the, the Bruins have a better chance to win game seven than the, the Hurricanes had a chance to win last night, if that makes sense. I feel like that right. one was always kind of kind of going to be a Boston game. Um, Boston's just been a completely different team on the road, though, and Carolina has a really good home ice advantage. Carolina doesn't have, like, the Brad Marchand, the Patrice Bergeron superstar on that team, but, mm-hmm. man, they're so deep, and they have four really good lines, and they can they, 
They all, all four lines can do just about everything. They have three really good defensive pairings. I think they're going to win that game because I think they take advantage of their home ice and their, their matchup selection better than anybody else. I think it's going to be a good game, but I think Carolina comes out of that just because of their depth. And I think that home ice is going to be, is, is going to be a big difference maker because they're a team. They're not a young team that hasn't been there before. They've played through these games seven. So I like Carolina, but that's a, that's another coin flip game for me. And that's where your season-long understanding of these teams far trumps my understanding of them because those are all sentient points that uh, you brought to the table here. And then you got the Lightning and the Leafs. And as bad as I want the Maple Leafs to win. Did you watch overtime last night? Did you watch overtime last night? I did not. Oh, my God, Joe. The Leafs dominated overtime. The Lightning had like three shots on goal in all of overtime. Leafs were absolutely dominating. They were getting great chances on Vasilevsky. And then – Boston Matthews blows a tire at center ice. Lightning pick off a pass, go the other way. And uh, our good friend, Bra- our good friend Brandon Hagel started the rush. And the Lightning <laughs> pick up a – I mean, that was it. The Lightning, the Leafs had their chance. Like, that was it, man. I just – I it's the just, Lightning. I think uh, the Lightning take it. The Lightning are now 10-0 in their last 10 games coming off a loss in the playoffs. They have not lost back-to-back playoff games in three years. Well, good thing. Good thing they Insane. won that one because, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm I'm pulling for Toronto. I'm pulling for the the whole of Toronto, the team, the city. It means so much to them. But here we are again with just heartbreak on a tee. It's just heartbreak on a tee for them again. Game seven at home. I think there's only one way that this ends, and it's with a Tampa win. As bad as I would love to see. Um, Toronto moving on, you know, right now, my heart, if I had to give my heart to a team, I'm giving it to Toronto and New York. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that that's, that's protecting my heart all that well. Um, because I, I could think, see both of those seasons coming to an end here soon. I think either way, this one's going to be a, a, a team is not, it's not going to be a one goal game. I think Toronto yeah. is either going to come out with their heads, you know, their heads on fire and score three in the first and never look back or, I think yeah. Tampa is going to get the first one. It's going to be doom and gloom in the Air Canada Center, whatever it's called now. And Tampa wins four or five to one. That's my gut feeling. You know, I think one. I think there's a, I think that there's a deeper conversation to be had here about um, scoring leaders, point leaders, goal leaders, uh, and their success in the playoffs. And not to say that one's correlated to the other, but I feel like a lot of times. Like Nikola Jokic, your MVP, which yeah. is another conversation for another day, but he's watching the playoffs from Serbia in his horse stall. Um, the it there's this thing across sports where the most prolific scorer is no longer the guy hoisting the trophy. You know, I think that it, it's weird in that way, and I'd love to see Austin Matthews play hockey for another two weeks. I, I would. But 60 goals, and I think he's got three or four tucks here on the playoffs. And it just, for some reason or another, that guy often ends up watching from the sidelines. And I I don't know if there's something deeper there or any sort of correlation, but it's just something I feel like we've observed over the last few years. I think you make a good point there, at least with the NBA, because I think you see a lot of these players win MVP, like like a Nikola Jokic, not only because he has a great year, but because he kind of drags a team that doesn't that isn't as good as they look to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That ha- part of that hasn't really like that hasn't really been the case with Austin Matthews. Like he's been really good, but like that Leafs roster is fantastic. Yeah, they're just they're coming up short because they've refused to address the goaltender situation for a long time. I like Jack Campbell. Like he's an American kid. He won a world, like an awesome world juniors for team USA. Like he's a solid goaltender, but like 
he's not a guy that's going to win you a Stanley cup. And it's not necessarily why they lost last night, but like, I just, until they decide to address that position and give themselves a little bit more uh, firepower defensively, even though I guess they've tried to do that. I, I, it's really hard to win when you have three guys making 10 plus million dollars on your roster because things start to fall through the cracks. So I think their money's a little bit too front loaded. I don't think they quite have the goaltender, but like, this isn't for me like a Jokic and the Nuggets situation where it, Matthews dragged a bad team. Like they're a good, they're a good team. I just think they're a little bit top heavy because of the salary structure, the way it's kind of. I, out. I agree with that. And I think you're spot on with those two specific scenarios, but just kind of, uh, broader strokes, I think it, there, we might be onto something there. And you might be right. It might be a uh, a thesis better worth testing in the NBA to go back mm-hmm. and look at your, let's say, your scoring titles over the last years. Um, this year, scoring title belonged to Embiid. He's now officially watching from the sideline. Uh, 2021 was Steph, and that was him carrying a bad Warriors team. Uh, prior to that, you had your three Harden years, I believe, and that was, you know, I think the the best result there was 2018 when they lost in the Western Conference Finals because Chris Paul got hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to that, I think that's as far back. Or no, then you had your, your triple-double year for Russ on a bad Thunder team. So I think in the NBA, my point is it's one dude carrying, and you make a good point here at the NHL, it's not always that. So hopefully um, the – the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs can live outside of my bankrupt hypothesis and they can get the job done uh, in game seven. I just, I'm excited that 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 game seven is all three of them are going to be fun. Connor McDavid game seven. That's going to be fun to watch the, the Canes and Bruins been back and forth. That's going to be fun to watch, but man, lightning Leafs, you got the Leafs who never win game seven against the two time defending Stanley cup champions and the lightning I that game's going to be so fun. That's must watch. That, that's the most much must watch game of the playoffs so far, and is going to be one of the most most must watch playoff games of this entire Stanley Cup playoffs. I can't wait for it. Uh, Matt Rooney is going to be dialed in. We will be sure to have uh, more updates here on the Moose and Runes podcast as both the playoffs in the NBA and NHL roll on. Matt, I know we can't keep you much longer. You got anything else for the people before we say goodbye? I'm not going to get into it now because I'd rant for 20 minutes about it. Mm-hmm. But if things keep trending the way they are, we're going to air a grievance on the Chicago White Sox next week. Oh, and just their wow. fan, just the not, I don't want to call it the fan base because not the fan base, but Sox, the, the people seem to keep tweet, uh, treating the Sox with kid, like kid gloves. And I don't mm-hmm. really understand why I go, okay, you, you know, I'm going to get into it a little bit. I got to get He's into it. I said I had a hard out. At wait, 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 I wait. Get, I'll hit the, hit the music. Hit the music. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. You can't handle the truth. Boy, have you lost your mind? I'll help you find it. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Uh, we got, we got, I, got, I got seven minutes here. I didn't want to get into it, but I started talking and like... This team. This is a safe place, Matt. Go ahead. This, is this a safe team. Uh, have you watched a lot? Did you watch last yeah. night? I'm guessing it's the Yankees game. You're able to watch yeah. it. There's just something off about this team. Like the timely hitting isn't there. The defense has been terrible. The clutch pitching hasn't been there. And it just reminds me of the same exact team we saw at Houston. Uh, to, saw against Houston in the playoffs last year. Like even 100%. last night. Even last night, the two times they went out and grabbed the lead, the pitching gave it right back. They they yeah. got the three two lead on a big AJ Pollock double. And you're all right, cool. 
We got our ace on the mound. He had a bad first. How does, the, how does the Moncada home run not inject some life into you? I, I, okay, I give them a little bit of a – like it did, and Joe Kelly, sh- he should have had strike three on. I forgot who it was. But tough shit. You didn't have strike three. Don't walk yeah. the bases loaded after that. Like yeah. I, I legitimately saw a, a, the one of the White Sox podcast networks here had a tweet last night after Cease's start. He's like, Cease had 11 strikeouts through four innings, but also allowed six runs. Thumbs up or thumbs down on his start. Like, What are we talking about? He allowed six runs through four innings. I don't care if he had 12 yeah. strikeouts. Like, th- That's not a good start. Outs are outs, however you get them. It's six runs. Six runs through four innings. Yeah. It's, it's inability to step up in big moments. I mean, you look at the Yankees' top four in their order last night. They had off awesome nights. I think the Sox had like two hits from their top four hitters. Like, they're probably going to make the playoffs because the division's terrible, mm-hmm. and the, the Twins are off to a good start. I don't think that's going to last. I think the Sox are just a better team. Their talent's going to show out eventually. But like, this is the same team as last year. The, unless they make a serious change or go out and get a big time player, I don't know at what position. Unless they make a serious change, this is not a team that's going anywhere. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not there yet. Uh, obviously, there's been ups and downs, and the injury bug has bitten us. The division's so bad. Just as we overreacted to how good the Sox were last year and how they kind of flat-footed came into the playoffs, what's to say that they can't play the season flat-footed, get hot for a month, and then be that team? You're right. So Anything not, can happen I, in baseball, and that, exactly. that, that's fine. Not, it could happen. I'm not I going guess- fatal. I'm not going fatal flaws on them just yet because there is so much talent on the roster. They just need to be, they need to be the right team come August, September. That, like that's, that's, that's what they, they need to round into form. And is that going to be a, uh, is that going to be too much to ask? Is that going to be too steep of a hill to climb because of how lackadaisical they've been playing the regular season? That's very well possible, but you give me six good weeks of baseball heading into the playoffs, and I'll be just as excited about this team as anyone else. You're right, and it's I, I shouldn't get this mad in May because anything can happen. And the Braves were 83 and 79 or whatever it was last year and won the World Series. And I'm not saying the Sox can't do that come playoff time. I think the thing that bothers me so much about this start is none of the issues, none of the things that should have been corrected from last season have been yeah. corrected. Like the mental That's mistakes fair. still happen regularly. Like, it's not like they're losing because some bad, you know, some bad bounces or they're getting unlucky or pitchers are historically unlucky. It's not that it's the same issues we've seen now for the last two years. The defense is bad. The bullpen management is bad. The mental mistakes are prevalent. Like it's, it's mind boggling that this team is so incredibly talented. And from the Oakland series in 2020 on none of these issues that should get better as time goes on and you gain more experience in baseball have gotten better. This uh, is the Matt, same team to me that lost in 2020 in Oakland with where they are on the field. And that, that's, that's not good. You, uh, you present good points. I, I would, uh, I, I, I guess I would um, offer, offer an olive branch in the form of, as you said, it's a long, long season. Long a season. lot of things happen. Um, I, I think that, Two weeks ago, we saw kind of what this team could be. The, the back-to-back sweeps against, mm-hmm. um, you know, they were lesser teams. What was it, the Orioles? No, oh, no Boston and the Cubs. Boston and the Cubs. So it's nothing to write home about. But, like, they, they can string a few together. I'm still, I'm still cautiously optimistic about this White Sox team.
I, I'm not by no means ruling them dead. It's just this has been a very disheartening start for hoping to see growth in a lot of spots we have not seen growth in. I mean, Dylan Cease looks great, but you finally gave him a start last night against a real competitor, and yeah. that's what you got. Not that the, Silver, the, Angel, the Angels lining. are a very good team. I'll give him credit there. He shut them out, was great against them. But, like, you need, to, you need to be better. Silver lining. We're not going to have a 12-game divisional lead. We're not, like... If, I like that. The they're, stock, they're not going the to be stock, relaxing. If the Stocks win the division or they uh, qualify via wild card, it's going to have to be earned through the tail end of the season. And I think fair that enough. can be productive as, as we saw the flip side of that point last year. You know? Yeah, that's a fair point. All right. Well, Matt, we appreciate you always Thank you. I lending that. every moment of your time to the Moose and Moons podcast. But for now, he is Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso. As always, hit us up on Twitter at Moose and Moons. Send us those mailbag questions. We'll dig into it all next week on 253. But for now, he's Matt. I'm Joe. Matt, think about it, the people. Later. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> Kicking on the state was phenomenal. <laughs>